Hello, Lewis fans, and welcome to the Mere C.S. Lewis podcast. My name is Thornton. And my name is Andrew. So it is great to be back after our several-month hiatus. And Yeah, I mean, it's been... You've been busy. Yep, and you've been busy too. And we'll uh, we'll talk more about things that we've been up to over the past couple months in our um, next more full-length podcast episode. But now we just want to review the C.S. Lewis movie, The Most Reluctant Convert. Yeah. So yeah, so we just finished watching it, and while it's fresh in our minds, we wanted to go ahead and review it. So Andrew, I'll I'll ask you what what were what did you think? Yeah, so literally we're talking, it, the movie ended like five minutes ago, so very fresh. Um, whenever I read Lewis or read Tolkien or watch a movie about either one of them, the thing I always take away from is the respect and value they put around beauty. Whether it's C.S. Lewis, you know, going for walks or how he, you know, first discovers joy through, a, like, a kind of model garden. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just this value of beauty and and it also comes out in the way they speak, mm-hmm. right? Is they, they speak in, you know, kind of a, a language of beauty, a, a beautiful language. Yeah. yeah there are men who are certainly feel things and mm-hmm. sh- share those i guess feelings or those uh i guess values and yeah it could be like aesthetic beauty like a little tin box little mm-hmm. garden tin box or uh literary mm-hmm. beauty and yeah. yeah these uh these are men who certainly feel passionately about yeah. things and uh, like they feel about their thinking mm-hmm. and they think about their feeling like it, they're very uninhibited in those ways and I feel like sometimes at least for me more around negative emotion is I can I I have trouble feeling through that so I think my way through it but these guys seem like they can feel and think through Mm. both sides Mm. you know Um, which is really admirable and I mean I'm not great at it but I find that's always one of my takeaways is yeah, and that's an, yeah, encouraging to do that. to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, Tolkien and, and movies made about him, and I know you've mentioned the the Tolkien movie that was mm-hmm. made uh, within the past couple of years. So that obviously had a different that had a sort of a different approach. It wasn't about Tolkien's conversion. Right. Uh, but how, how, since you brought it up, how do you think that movie and this movie compared or can you compare them? Hard to compare because they're, I mean, just literally stylistically of the movie, Tolkien is, like, this one is narrated throughout pretty much the duration of the movie. Yes. Whereas Tolkien is an actual screenplay with, its own plot and is a narrative telling of Tolkien's life. Um, and so it's really hard to compare them that way. Um, obviously, they filmed in some of the same settings, you know, mm-hmm. Oxford and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. um, but do you think one did a better job of uh, telling their particular subject's story or um, were they about the same? I mean, I think in regards to, you know, accomplishing the mission of 
um, telling the story of you know their respective individual. I think they they both did a good job. Um, like I feel like I know as much about C.S. Lewis as I felt like I knew about Tolkien at the end of his mm. um, work. I will say in this. They were, you know, large points just quoting, like reading passages of the books. I think uh, just like we've said in one of our earlier podcasts, how the best part of our episodes are when we quote Lewis. Right. I think that was uh, similar for the movie we just watched. Uh, Some of the best parts were when they just took straight from Surprised by Joy or Weighted Glory or something else. And they took some of my favorite parts. So definitely not mad about that. Yeah. I was going to save critiques for the end, but since you you brought up the narration, I'll go ahead and mention Mm -hmm. that. And I I certainly understand why they did it. I understand they, this was a, a one man play beforehand Mm -hmm. and they were just adapting that to the screen. But I, the, this is the second time I've watched it and it was a lot more palatable this time since Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew what I was getting into, but I really wish that they would have let some of the scenes actually play out play out and, yeah. and breathe a little bit I get that and like for like for the in particular when Lewis is talking with Owen Barfield and they're mm-hmm. going back and forth about yeah. the Adams going around in skulls and there I just I think once Max McLean or the actor who played Elder Lewis once he walked in that room you shouldn't have heard from him until that whole scene was done. Sure. I think that going back and forth between what they were saying and then him interspersing with, oh, I had to respond to something like, I think that is something that should have been left on the editing floor. Yeah. Um, and also just a few, uh, a few longer interactions between Lewis and the great knock or Lewis and sure. Tolkien. And um, yeah, I don't think it had to be a screenplay per se, like the Tolkien one. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of it being like 90% narration, I think it being 70% narration mm-hmm. and the rest more um, of, of, of a scene right, um, right, would have been yeah. better. I think the way they did it was it was less of a film and more of a, a dramatic uh, testimony yeah, or dramatic yeah. monologue. It was a dramatic monologue. Um, and I mean, yeah. I found myself kind of like forgetting he was narrating because I, I did kind of get encapsulated by mm. what was going on. Um, that being said, I do think it might have been a better experience if it was like narration, 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 scene. And mm. a lot of times he narrates over the scenes. Yeah. I guess that, yeah, that's the thing that I, I would have. Yeah. Wish that they had done differently is yeah, narrating over the scenes, right? If they just sort of yeah, like you said, had narration and then then just yeah. a scene that st- kind of stood by itself, right? Um, I think that would have been a better choice. Or, yeah, or if he like, whenever he's narrating, it really is like the thoughts of Lewis at the moment, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's almost as if, like, Grandpa Lewis is telling us a story. Mm-hmm. And we just happen to get a picture of mm-hmm. Grandpa Lewis telling us his story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to get. I think it's fun to kind of get that. I, I don't think there are a lot of movies made like that. But nope. if you come into it thinking you're watching a screenplay, I can definitely see how that's going to be 
Yeah, and that's, yeah, and I think yeah, in that, in that way, the film is sort of swimming upstream a little bit, where because right. just people are conditioned through everything else they watch and consume that. Right. So I guess. And it's probably similar to kind of how I felt about Les Mis. Like, mm-hmm. Les Mis is objectively great. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not... Talking about the Russell Crowe yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, so when I was watching that, like, I knew of Les Mis. I knew it was French Revolution. I kind of mm-hmm. knew about it. I did not know it was an opera. Well, technically not or, French Revolution, but anyway. Go ahead. Well, sure, sure, sure. But I knew, I knew some things about it, but when I actually went to see the Russell version mm-hmm. no one told me it was all singing yeah same here yeah. and so i i was like oh this is cool oh there there's a long song mm-hmm. this this isn't stopping yes. right and then and then it's just like or the moment someone just says a word i'm like oh that's good. it was a relief yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I get that yeah and i and I think that they tried to soften it or or introduce the idea of it being a long monologue with the the frame of of like the behind the scenes with the crew yeah. and like I I said I think on the second viewing I think that's what they were going for but I do not think that landed. No, I didn't. I still. I mean, even with you telling me that, I still don't get it. Yeah, and like I said, I think it's just to sort of yeah, set up like, hey, this is a monologue or this was a play, and and we're just trying to present. But I, I, when I was in the theaters watching it, I was like, oh, are they trying to say that like this is all fake or this like right. his his testimony was just sort of a production for right. something? Like, I, I do not. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where they were going from, going with with that. Yeah. But. Yeah, so I, I would have made yeah taken taken that they could have framed it a different way, like Lewis talking at a, a seminar or talking to um, even if he's just talking to his grandkids or something like that. Yeah, well, I, he doesn't have grandkids, but yeah, uh, yeah, t- yeah, but, you're right about but, that. but bad, yeah, but yeah. talking to yeah, just our younger generation, like right. I don't know, it, it might have been fun. Like during World War Two, he was hosting. Uh, children from London mm-hmm. uh, to his house, which kind of gave him the idea for uh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Right. It might have been fun if if one of these young kids was asking him about his story. I don't know if I don't think I've read it. I haven't read anywhere that they did. Sure. But it would. But been, you can imagine there's something. Yeah, it might have been fun for for Lewis to be telling his testimony to these kids coming in from London. Right. Uh, that might that would have been. And if they had done like. Two boys, two girls. Like, yeah, yeah. If they had done that, that would have been yeah, like, just yeah, a fun little nod and right. Um, so, but th- I guess that being said, those are my my two critiques. Yeah, sure, the, sure, the, sure. What I would think is slightly excessive monologuing, and then the the frame of the behind the scenes. But beyond that, I I know I really loved it. And yeah, I mean, I just love Lewis. Yeah, you know, yeah, I love his story. And yeah. and. If, uh, for those who saw our, our live tweet, there was just so many moments that are were so good and so powerful, and mm-hmm. and and just even beyond Lewis, like as we've we're obviously hosting a C.S. Lewis podcast, so we mm-hmm. love him and his work. But I think the 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 way the crew presented his words and the the way Max. Um, sort of embodied him were really good too yeah uh, I think just taking us throughout Oxford and yeah. taking us to Lewis's like the sites of his of his real life like a little uh, Lee and mm-hmm. and his um, the kilns and uh, I think that gave it a, a real uh, 
sense of place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You did kind of feel like it did feel like you were looking through a window. Yeah. You know. Um but the one thing that I just really enjoyed about this was it kind of debunked the myth that um Christianity is pseudo intellectual. Mm. Um mm-hmm. and you know you know, C.S. Lewis is confronted time and time again by, you know, staunch intellectuals mm-hmm. who, you know, come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yeah. Um, like G.K. Chesterton, who mm-hmm. is, you know, an absolute stud. Yeah. Um, or, you know, George MacDonald or yeah. Tolkien, right? Like, um, both people he read and people he met, like, he was continuously confronted with intellectuals mm-hmm. who you know, were compelled and convinced. Yeah. Um, and another thing that really just stuck out to me, um, I'll see if I can find the scripture that co- coincides with it, but is how, you um, you know, C.S. Lewis felt compelled mm-hmm. um, by by the love of Christ. Or mm. maybe he, he might not have even called it love. Um he told it, yeah, joy. Joy, but mm-hmm. just like th- the insight of God, like mm-hmm. the insight that there is a God. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, I had an opportunity, a choice to wear this suit of armor mm-hmm. or to unbuckle it. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really, like, it felt like I didn't have mm-hmm. a choice. Like I was compelled. Mm-hmm. Or there was a compulsion to, to, to unbuckle it. Yeah, so the, did. yeah, he did not, Lewis did not take the initiative. Right. And you know how he just. He still has this barrier to, all right, there is a God, but mm-hmm. who is this God? Like, there's mm-hmm. still that barrier yeah. of, I know there is one, but I don't necessarily know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone, I, I, like, I think anyone who watches it, like, philosophers always find something to argue oh, sure. with. But I, I don't think anyone can say that Lewis did not take his faith journey seriously. <laughs> right. And, right. And he... I think he certainly saw both sides of everything, and he certainly, I guess, felt pain mm-hmm. um, and felt joy. Mm-hmm. And so I think he had as much human experience as one could say right. to make a, as informed a choice as possible. And it really reminds me of this verse in Second Corinthians 5, mm-hmm. uh, verse 13. For um, oh, for verse fourteen, excuse me. Um, for the love of Christ compels us, because we have been convinced that one has died for all; therefore, all have died. And He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who, for their sake, died and was raised. Mm-hmm. And that really just encapsulates kind of what happened in this film, right? Mm-hmm. Is we we the first you know kind of third. Uh, first half of the film really is why there isn't a God mm-hmm. or why he came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the film is about the like waves of compulsion mm. that hit him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, all right, materialism isn't complete. Mm-hmm. All right, there is in fact a god mm-hmm. not just that it's not material all material but that there is specifically a in, yeah. an intelligent deity mm-hmm. you know 
and then and then about that God being the God of the Bible and whose son Jesus Christ really did do what mm-hmm. he said he did and was who he said he was mm-hmm. um, and is um, and just those waves of like compulsion mm-hmm. not that like he didn't have a choice he, he even said he had a choice but that the love of Christ and the mm-hmm. presence of Christ and the and and another thing we might get to this here in a second, but the worthiness of Christ mm-hmm. is so compelling mm-hmm. that it it's the only sensible choice to make. Yeah, yeah. He he was very very deliberate about what each position led to and yeah uh, like some people they'll they can make or they're compelled to make a huge leap from one point to the other but yeah lewis was very much and i think against his will like i guess the title of the thing reluctant, was yeah. the most reluctant convert so that force or that i guess meant that he had to go step by step and and that's one reason i as I, I've said before, my favorite Lewis book is The Pilgrim's Regress, mm-hmm. is because it uh, it shows us in an allegorical way each of those minuscule or tiny steps sure. that he took, and and well, and and I think that that fortifies a belief, understanding mm-hmm. each of those steps, you know, yeah. because now should someone come with a you know, maybe misguided but compelling argument, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, it doesn't sort of get in in between the chinks in the armor. Lewis is yeah. a, is a, has I guess a nanotechnology faith. <laughs> there you go, um, and it is it is still faith, right? Like mm-hmm. he was able to use logic and reason and um, insight to you know get from point A to mm-hmm. point B, but like that in between A and B was still faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one thing I really enjoyed was how, you know, in um, his talking about the, the worthiness of God, he he's like, man, um, men searching for, I'm going to paraphrase, they say mm-hmm. it much more eloquently, but men searching for God is like a rat searching for the cat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, which... I think in American Christianity, we are very good at focusing on the, you know, kindness of God, and He mm-hmm. is kind, mm-hmm. right? We we're good at focusing on the, um, the positive, yeah, qualities. The positive. Mm-hmm. Like God is our friend, mm-hmm. God is a good father, and He the is warm those qualities. Yeah. yeah, He's those things a hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. But He is also the lion. He's also yeah. the judge, right? Mm-hmm. Like He's a warrior as mm-hmm. much as He is a. A friend, right? Yeah. Um, and we would do well to remember that. So, um, I, I really, you know, and I think that's why in the Chronicles of Narnia, he is depicted as a lion. Because mm-hmm. I, I forget which yeah, book he, it is, right? Well, yeah. Well, in language and wardrobe, uh, Mister Beaver says that he's he's not safe, but he's, right. he's, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so. And, and yeah, and I don't know. I just think that makes intimacy with God that much more valuable. Yeah. So, I guess as far as movies about C.S. Lewis, there's this one. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of uh, movies, uh, or two movies that I know of called The Shadowlands. Mm. Are there any other stories about his life 
that you would be interested in seeing on on the big screen on the big screen um obviously it's interesting the war sticks out mm-hmm. um but I don't I don't know if I mean Lewis didn't even consider that an interesting part of his life which I mm-hmm. find fascinating yeah um then maybe I honestly and, and maybe this is uh, Lewis is a part of this but maybe just a story about the inklings mm-hmm. um yeah, that was one that I was thinking of too yeah you know that that part of his life um and really diving into that um, well what would you what would you think the angle of that would be would it would it be about their their faith, or would it be about the the creative process that, or just sort of like the the unique creative energy that came from it, or would it just sort of be like a, I don't know, like yeah, how what sort of angle do you think they would need to take? I think this is when I stop having good ideas. Uh, is when you know mm-hmm. the professionals are usually a lot better at this than I am, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess. I guess I'm. I'm really thinking of like the Tolkien movie. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite parts mm-hmm. of that movie were when the friends were together bantering or yeah. debating a subject. Yeah. And I would love to see like that with C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Um. Maybe. And hear me out. Mm-hmm. We can have like. Well, a movie that's like C.S. Like, we'll just call it Lewis. It's exactly like the Tolkien movie, mm-hmm. but it's Lewis's life. Mm-hmm. And a couple others. And then we have an Avenger-style movie <laughs> called The Inklings, <laughs> where all of them come together and have this crazy debate. <laughs> the crossover movie of the century. That would be awesome. I will say, in, in the Tolkien movie, at the very end, like the, like the closing uh, scenes... Where Tolkien is like reminiscing about the was it TCBS, mm-hmm. and I thought it would have been cool for them to like fade from like the TCBS Into to the Inklings. To the Inklings. Yeah. And I'm sure only the fanboys would sure. would catch it, but I. I but, but hey, here we are, the fanboys. Yeah, and right? I think it would also We're would, out here. Yeah, it would also have been an interesting, uh, fr- I guess, frame or back end frame on on that movie where. Like, hey, Tolkien had this uh, group that uh, he was really invested in, and it was special, and it will always be special, but it it, it also sort of prepared him or just helped him sure. um, find the inklings or yeah. – uh, so. Just or just saying, like, hey, this chapter on this TCBS closed, which is sad, but all things come to an end, but sure. hey, here's something else uh, that is also special and unique in the future and – but yeah, I, I think yeah, if they did a movie on the Inklings, I think it'd be yeah, really cool just to just have a lot of scenes where they're just sort of ratting on each other, just sort of yeah. talking about the beauty you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, you have the debate where they talk about like, hey, you can't have Santa in your fan, you know, fantasy universe. Yeah. So yeah, so just yeah, seeing them just sort of yeah, debating some of the things that you would either they did debate that we know of or that you would imagine them debating as they shared different things and it would just be cool just uh just for the fan service of lewis reading from i don't think he i can't remember i don't think he read any narnia at the inklings but i know he read yeah mere Trishani and problem of pain and then yeah tolkien read uh i think it's pretty i think that you can it, you can say that he read some hobbit and some lord of the rings and mm-hmm. um well i yeah. know that tolkien hated narnia i oh 
Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> what, so I think, I think, yeah, Lewis shared it with Tolkien and, and maybe a few other people. But I don't think he read it out read loud. It, read it out to Inklings. You know, what? I think I if they made if they made an Inklings mm-hmm. um, movie, I think it would be kind of like the Dead Poet Society. Yeah, and um, yeah, and they would e- they could even have it be where because spoiler alert. Uh, Dead Poet Society. One of the characters. You had time to hear it. Yeah. Or watch uh, it. Yes. Uh, at the end of Dead Poet Society, one of the characters dies, mm-hmm. and they could they could do the same thing with um, uh, Charles Williams, who was mm-hmm. one of the Inklings yeah. who passed away, and it was really hard on Lewis. Yeah. Um, the so. my only question, and, and maybe there is, and you you know whoever made the movie would just need to do the research. Mm-hmm. Is was there a plot that you know? like was a thread through the inklings like was there like a particular problem they struggled with as a group or like a like a a thought that they really came together to well the from my reading and research they came together one because they all had like faith like faith was central to a big part of who they were they loved literature Mm -hmm. and they all were like writing to create something so mm-hmm. it was sort of those three things that were the glue mm-hmm. uh, or th- they had other things like they all enjoyed drinking all enjoyed smoking and sure they all were all as just, one does yeah and, and like the vast majority of them were in and around Oxford and sure um, so but yeah it was the the faith it was like reading what they were actively working on and getting like mm-hmm. f- direct feedback on it um, I mean, very similar to the TCBS, yeah, very similar, and and they all, and they all had um, similar similar taste, right? Um, but I guess the reading stuff they're working on is from what I've from what I've read and discovered is what made it like ultra unique because there was mm-hmm. other clubs going on at the time, mm-hmm. but a lot of clubs it they were like basically the podcasts of their day where sure. people would just sort of find a, a material. And just sort of get together and discuss it with people. Right. But the Inklings were unique in that they were reading stuff that they yeah. had written. Right. Um, it really was a feedback group. Yeah. But it was, yeah. yeah. So it was like they, yeah, their faith, their love of literature, and, and their faith were. Interesting. Like the, I guess, the core. I wonder how their, you know, differences in denomination, you know. Yeah. Tolkien being a staunch Catholic, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis being Anglican. And well, I know, yeah. Tolkien uh, was. I don't. I don't know exactly what the verb is, but he. I guess he was a little disappointed that yeah, Lewis became an Anglican and not uh, a Catholic. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess that's uh, for, for later sure. or another discussion. But anyway, um, I guess uh, moving on. I do want to go visit Oxford. Yes, Oxford was gorgeous. Mm, and it looks gorgeous from yeah, the movie. Yeah, the the Gothic architecture, the mm-hmm. the smoky pubs, and yeah. yeah, I will say like also like watching this movie made me want to like start a garden until <laughs> I thought about what it would take to what start take, a garden. Yeah, the idea um, of a garden is is very lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I just want to go outside and there be a garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand so, that. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Well, hey, listener, thanks for uh, joining us on this uh, leg of our journey. And stay tuned. We will um, try to get out our our next episode soon. I think we're going to do an essay on the uh, one of Lewis's essays on the effectiveness of prayer as we continue to prepare and research uh, his uh, reflection on the Psalms. But 
It's a really good one. I'm, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about that. Which one? The efficacy of prayer. The efficacy of prayer. Yep. Yes, I've. Uh, yeah, I have a lot. I think we both have a lot to to say and share. Yeah, we share should about pray that. about it though. Yes, but it, but cool. Okay, well, thank you, listener, and uh, until next time. See ya.